Welcome back to the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. My name is Sean, and today's guest is Emily Gabriel. She's an amazing singer-songwriter based out of New York City. Her music is pop-infused with a bit of rock. Her latest album, titled Omega Man, is set to drop May 27th. Joining me now, she is a very talented singer-songwriter out of New York City. Emily Gabriel, how are you doing this evening? Oh, gosh, Sean, you nailed the pronunciation of my name. So we're off to a great start. Uh. Yeah, well, you know, I I do my research for certain things. And there are certain things well, where I don't do my research for. And then there are certain things, like important things that I do. So All right. Well, well done. Um, yes, can confirm. I am indeed Emily Gabriel based out of the New York City area. Um, mm-hmm. Here tonight, talking to Sean. Yeah, from the Sensibly Cynical podcast. Um, so talk about talk about your journey through music. Like New York City must be kind of an eclectic scene, I would assume. Yeah, um, eclectic's a good word. I think super. There's an abundance of talent in New York as well um, for artists and creators in all forms. Um, and I think that's part of the allure and the the luster of being in a, a metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. Is there like a route, like a certain place that you go to all the time because you know the promoter, because you know the people running it? Do you have some sort of rapport with a certain amount of um, places or do you try to change it up? Yeah. Are, you're, are you speaking uh, strictly to like live venue performances? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, like yeah. in a live venue, like, because I assume there's a lot of conversations with people who run the yeah, it's it's definitely a scene to be mapped out and to be thoughtfully approached. Um, you know, like anything else, you have to kind of uh, you have to put in the the work to in order to get the get a booking right. And like, what, what do I mm-hmm. mean by that? Um, you're not going to start out your career at booking like a, as a headliner on a Saturday night at a big venue kind of thing. So it's something mm-hmm. to work your way up towards. And um, I I think it makes sense. It's, it's a, it's, it's a barrier to entry with the intention of, of seeing like, Hey, how seriously is this person going to take their music and their live performance? And are they mm-hmm. willing to put in, you know, the, the hours, the time and, and the, the overall effort to, play at these different venues. Mm-hmm. Um, you ask, is there a specific place that, that I frequent to play? Um, one of them is certainly the Bowery Electric. Um, I, I've loved playing at that venue. It's a, it's a fun nightclub feel in the Lower East Side. Um, and I've played there quite a few times and I actually have an album release concert coming up at the Bowery Electric on Saturday, April 9th. Um, so mm. pretty pumped for that. I'm playing with some some other great artists um, by the name of Sweet Boy and Taya. So um, mm, there you it's going to be, gonna be a, a fun packed night. And I think, um, you know, if if you're in the New York City area and you feel so inclined to join, mark your calendar Saturday, April 9th. Well, there you go. Um, let's go in the way back machine, I guess I could say. Um, what inspired you to get into music and when did you start? Yeah, it's a great question. And what inspired me to get into music is listening to music, right? And ingesting music. Um, 
as a consumer. Um, when I was in, I guess it was grammar school, I, I was prompted with the opportunity to like pick an instrument to learn. And I chose the alto saxophone. I actually still have that saxophone um, today, but I don't really play it too frequently. Um, so that's kind of where, where my instrument, my exploration with an instrument began. Um, I was also a part of different choruses and vocal ensembles throughout, you know, growing up and involved mm -hmm. in, in the school um, music program. We had a great program where I grew up. And then I picked up the guitar and I taught myself for better or for worse. And from there, you know, once you, once you have a few instruments or one instrument that you've tried, you start getting curious about other instruments. Mm -hmm. At least I did um, from a piano to bass to percussion instruments. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where it started. I think at my core, something that really defines me is being a writer. So writing, anything from poetry to prose and songs feels very much uh, a part of my core essence and core being. Um, so I think that instruments were or are actively a vessel for me to pair with, with my writing and my storytelling. Mm -hmm. Do you have a, do you have a team with you that helps you get set and um, helps you with the day to day stuff now? Or is a it just a, yeah, like people that you can trust? Um, I think that's a, I think it's a conversation for another time. People that you can trust, oh. but anyway, no, oh, no, no, we can, we can move on. That's fine. No, 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 no. That is, that is a, a I, I'm, I'm making, um, a joke, but, uh, yeah, I do have a team that I frequently work with a team of creators that, um, you know, I, from, from live players to, uh, producers that I love working with and mixing engineers, mastering engineers, um, even co-writers. I, I certainly mm -hmm. have a, a group of, of individuals that I work with and, um, you know, have fun with, honestly, you know, it, it's, it's work and play. Yeah. Well, if you can play while paying the bills, then, you know, <laughs> that's better than, than some people can say like my, I mean, I'm just kidding, but um, so I did oh, a no, little, this is fun for you. Don't, don't play. This is fun for you. Oh no. I like, I like, uh, I like interviewing, um, people. It's fun. I have it down. Like when I first started, I was like, I didn't know how to start. Now I'm doing this, not trying to be cocky or anything, but I'm doing this like without notes really. So there you go. <laughs> you honed in on the art of a I conversation. Mean, yeah, yeah. It's really not, it's really not that hard as long yeah. as you have confidence and, you know, done 20 of these like me. So now it's old hat. I'm old. It's old hat to me now. But uh, so you, you, uh, I've looked at, at your website and it says your, your um, music is like a mix of Olivia Rodrigo and Atlantis Morissette. Why those two? Yeah, great question. Um, so we, you asked about inspiration. I think that uh, Jagged Little Pill is one of the first CDs, if not the first CD that I, I had or I bought. Um, definitely high up on the list. And I, I, I love Atlantis Morissette for a lot of reasons. Um, and she's been a big inspiration for me musically. And then Olivia Rodrigo, I mean, I, on my Spotify wrapped, she took up like all the top <laughs> spots. Um, definitely yeah. listened to sour tons of times. Um, mm. and I think the commonality between the two is, um, they are both angsty females in a way. Um, and they're, they're really excellent at telling stories about their life in a, uh, from a, 
from a unique perspective um, that's a, that is not really in the vein of a, of a quintessential love song or ballad or things like that. I mean, there are resemblances of those, you know, those core tracks that you would look for in an artist, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, but they definitely have their own unique take on it, a little left of center. And I think that's something that um, resonates with me <laughs> and inspires me. Yeah. Um, ironic. That's my favorite Morissette song. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Very masterful with her, with her words. Well, let's, yeah, let's dive into your, um, I guess, discography, as they say. Monday, I saw the video on, or I saw you play that live, or the YouTube uh, version. Um, do, do you remember us? I heard that lyric, and that took me back to college, because some Mondays, I don't remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, what was the inspiration behind, behind that song? Like, well, well, you remember that you don't remember them, so that's kind of <laughs> some way of remembering. Um, what inspired Monday? Honestly, a conversation. I was, um, I, I had grabbed dinner with, with some pals, and I think it was probably like a Thursday or something, and they're like, Oh yeah, I think it was on Monday that I oh like do you remember Monday? It seemed like it was like forever ago, and I that kind of you know went went into my head, and then I was taking the the, the subway home, and um, someone else said something uh, about like in so many words like I was there for you, I was there for you through this, and then um, I think that kind of that conversation, listening in, I started kind of piecing together this narrative of of like. Uh, of a song so um yeah just kind of observational uh listening is what led to to me writing that song mm. i feel like that's one of your like biggest songs you think that that got a reception from people like people can relate to you feel that way yeah i think that it's also kind of a fun song um y- yes people i mean at the at its core what draws some what draws a fan to, or a listener to listen to a song? Is it relatability? Is it the musicality of it? Is it a mixture of both? Not sure, but I think it, when I play that song live in particular, it's it's definitely something that people like to sing along to and kind of groove to. Um, and yeah, I think that it's 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 a fun one. So I think that is what I can accredit. You know, the the many many streams and and many uh, sing. Belongs to yeah. So um, in this, I like to call this the Spotify era. What are what are some uh, what do you think are some pros and cons of Spotify? Like, what are some things that you're like, oh man, I have to do this to get this on Spotify, or is it like all positives? You would think. Do you think? Yeah. Um, hmm. There's a lot of different avenues to assess and approach Spotify as a whole. Um, I'm curious, I guess, I would pepper back to you. What what do you encompass in your definition of the Spotify era? I would consider the Spotify era uh, an, a place that a lot of people go to kind of like start their career, even though what I hear is that they, they take a lot of the costs, you know? I feel like that is kind of like the iTunes for podcasting is similar to like the Spotify for music, that in Pandora, but I feel like Spotify has more of a broader library. So that's why, that's why I seem maybe, am I wrong in that or do I? No, have a, no. 
I was just I was just curious the direction in which you were were headed with the definition of Spotify error. And correct me if I'm wrong, it seems as though you're using that definition through the lens of the creator. Right, right, right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, so go ahead. No, because everyone I all the artists I've <laughs> talked to in the last, I don't know, year or so, I've always mentioned, you know, getting it on Spotify or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so sorry to to make you repeat yourself but the the question is what do i make of the spotify error yeah like what do you what do you think about how spotify has changed music yeah um gosh there i have a lot to say on this matter but put succinctly i think change is inevitable and i think that spotify is a result of an industry change that's kind of step 1 step 2 I think that it provides access for all artists to, or is one of the many platforms for artists to distribute their content Mm -hmm. and and they don't have this gatekeeper of a label or, I mean, I guess a label stop there Mm -hmm. in order to get, to have their music accessed. Um, So that's kind of, you know, you think of the pros, both of those are, are just, I don't even think, good nor bad it's just it exists and you're like okay so um you know and and if you're if you're not adapting as a creator well then it you will inevitably kind of be behind your peers right Mm -hmm. um or you'll have this super niche group that like loves to consume your art in one strict static stagnant form and that's fine but in terms Mm -hmm. of growth and continuous continued exposure, you might come up against more challenges. I'm not saying that, that it's impossible, but you know, just that it would be ha- have some additional challenges if you only were in one specific um, static <laughs> d- uh, content delivery system. Anyway, um, so I kind of started to answer your question. I have a lot more to say on that, but I'm going to pause and, and kick it back over to you and, and ask you if, uh, if, if there's something else you'd like me to dig into. No, uh, no, that's that's fine. Um, so you have talking to strangers that is released. What is um, what was the inspiration behind that song? And uh, talk about the meaning behind it personally, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think so. I released a song talking to strangers on March fourth, twenty twenty two, and what I'm doing with the so the album in which talking to strangers is on is called Omega Man. And Omega Man is actually going, my, my release strategy here is an album build along. What yeah. do I mean by that? So starting on March 4th, I release the first of seven tracks that make up the entirety of Omega Man. And every two weeks, I'm going to release another song from Omega Man so that you can build the album along with me. And along with that, if you follow me on Instagram or are part of my newsletter, you will also be getting these additional like components of of the album itself um such as you know uh, a, a bit of a story behind each track um an exclusive content of, of me performing in an in each track in an acoustic setting mm-hmm. and um also each track has its own album art uh, for the for the cover art so you know again kind of building it along with me piecing everything together so um, that will happen from March 4th until May 27th. So on May 27th, the entire album of Amen will be available to stream in its full 
um, as a full body work. Okay. Now that I explained that, I digress slightly back to your original question about talking to strangers itself. Mm -hmm. Talking to strangers is a song that I wrote. I want to say it must have been in like 2018, 2019. It was, it was quite some time ago. At any rate, um, the inspiration for the song is talking to strangers. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, see, again, that observational nature in me is like, oh, um, you know, talking to strangers is something that people do. Um, because if you go get a coffee and you're speaking to a barista, that barista is likely a stranger until they're not. If you go back to time and time again and start talking to them. Um, if you go to a bar, if you go to a restaurant, if you go outside to grab your mail, if you, you know, there's lots of these opportunities where people are strangers to each other and you're talking to them. Um, and then from there, the narrative of the song, um, you know, I don't, I want it to be interpreted as people see fit in their own vein, in their, in their own experience. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about that track. Mm-hmm. From start to finish, how long did the process take like for you to write it, all that? Gosh. Okay. So I'm trying to think back and I believe it must've been, I wrote the song in its first iteration um, and then I went back and I worked on it and I, I tried working on it with a few different producers and ultimately in, I want to say it must've been July of 2020 during the pandemic. Um, I was on a radio show and the host of the radio show after the show reached out to me, sent me a, a DM on Instagram. and was like, Hey, would you want to collaborate together? And I sent him talking to strangers. His name is Chris Clark. He's the producer that partnered with me on all the songs on Omega Man. And I sent him the working version of Talking to Strangers. You know, I guess that to me was was the start of the version that I've shared with the world of Talking to Strangers is when I when I partnered with Chris Clark. So yeah, I, I like the song. Uh pretty, pretty cool vibes to it. Um so do you has this promotional tactic been have you used that before? I wouldn't say tactic, but you know what I mean? Like how to promote it. Do you feel like that's something that you'll continue forward? Is it something that you've done before? Because I really like it. I think it's genius, actually. Um, I didn't know if tact. I'm sorry if tactic wasn't the right word, but you know what I mean? Like strategy, totally. I guess. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I get what you mean. You get your point across and there's I have no issue with that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, to answer your question pointedly, I haven't tried this before. Um, I think the the genesis of, of this strategy or a tactic is I didn't mean it like that. No, no, there's there's nothing wrong with it, but I the the genesis of it is wanting to have an opportunity to build the the project along with me in all these different components because each song has a story to it and in the way that we that we as a as a society are consuming media these days, uh it's the it's a we have short shorter attention spans that can be accredited to you know um, information overload uh, TikTok Snapchat anything <laughs> right short form yeah. content is kind of where it's at in, in a way so to me having the short form of uh, a, a digestible piece of art whether it's the cover art or a small story a three sentence story behind the song itself and then the song itself like. That to me is very suitable to the current state of society's attention span. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that's just me reading the room and trying to be mm-hmm. perceptive and right, like I said, change, adapt, mm-hmm. adjust 
to the current the current climate. Mm-hmm. I saw that you your music would be classified as pop with a little rock. Do you have any? Um, were you into all the pop punk bands back in the day? You know, Blink One Eighty Two. Any of them? Um, I actively like Blink One Eighty Two. Um, no doubt, another. I don't know how to classify them, um, but I love pop music and I love rock music. I think Alanis Morris. That's a good example of that. I think Olivia Rodrigo is a good example of that. I mean, even like a Taylor Swift is a good example of that. I know that she's country and and there was country, mm-hmm. went pop, went had a little dip into electronic, kind of rooted in rock. I mean, I, I also love rock music. I love the Beatles. Beatles are pop rock, right? They had this, you know, mm-hmm. wild career of being extremely poppy on the forefront and then ending in a bit more of a uh, rock influence area. I see some comparisons between you and Avril Lavigne. Am I am I wrong in that, or uh, would you agree with I don't, that? I first I haven't received that before. No, no one's ever said that to me. So congrats on being the first. Um, and second, I don't think it's off base at all. If you if you see something in someone or feel inspired or, or see a, a resemblance between two two people, two things, then you know something about it exists. Um, but that's cool. I guess. Is there, is there something in particular that you're like, I think that, that you and Avril Lavigne have X in common? It's like the vibe, like on stage vibe. It's more a vibe rather than actual, like, I would say, you know, output. It's like you guys have similar cool vibes to it. Like, and I feel like you, you guys' range, both of your ranges are pretty awesome. So I'm a big Avril fan. So I, I meant that as a compliment in every facet. Cool. Well, I, I, it's been received as such. And yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I was, you know, skater boy was a, and complicated, but we're like anthemic. Uh, yeah. Who's your, who's your number one? Like if you had to pick a greatest, I know it's a loaded question, but who's your greatest of all time? Oh gosh. Um, that's nearly impossible. It, it, I mean, my greatest of all time, like who I think is the greatest can will yeah. probably, probably change from, it'll continue to transform. Uh, I think one of my biggest influences I'll say is Alanis Morissette because that's, she is mm-hmm. the greatest of all time. I have a list. I can't say, I can't say one. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's, a, there's um, to me, I mean, I got female. I would probably, I mean, it's hard not to say like Madonna share. Okay. I like Cher and um, there's a, there's a couple others, you know, but um, yeah, this is pretty cool. Like your vibes, like, are you um, branching out past New York? Are you like, are you going, what's your tour like for this promotional? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great question. A lot of, a lot of things in the works Um, right now, really focusing on, on the, on the release strategy for the, for the produced version and on the album release concert locally at the Barry Electric on Saturday, April 9th. Um, beyond that, have some things cooking, mm-hmm. um, but nothing announced yet. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to give away too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like what do you like most about producing music? Like, is it all strenuous or do you really enjoy that part actually producing it and, and giving it out to people to enjoy? Yeah. Um, I, I think that business in general also lends itself to creativity 
it's mm-hmm. just a different type of creativity, right? Like I'm not going to say, oh, I need to put together a budget. Let me pick up a guitar and play some notes. Like, honestly, you know, like that's a different type of being creative. Um, but I think that that anything that's an administrative work, like working with a digital distributor, working with, with press, with different media outlets, um, with organizing all of your metadata, things like that. I think that that is an art in and of itself. And I think there are some creative elements to that. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't say I, I loathe or love one thing over the other. I just think a lot of it is there's a seasonality in your own creative journey, um, that you have to kind of be prepared to let the energy flow where it needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to your point, it's just you as, as an independent artist, you have to be everything to yourself um and because of that you try to find the joy and the pleasure in all aspects Mm -hmm. otherwise you know i guess you could hire someone else to do it but then (laughs) it's a Mm -hmm. it's it's a quick it's a quick sinkhole for for your cash um and it's it's also kind of dare i say fun and encouraging to to learn all aspects of what it takes to be Mm -hmm. a musician preneur as they say right <laughs> yeah do you have a good do you have a good story in your uh years of making music anything that any moment that stands out uh like fondly gosh um many many moments stick out in my mind in terms of um inspiration and enjoyment and you know happiness things of that sort but uh, i i will say that that how i wound up connecting with the producer Chris Clark that I then in turn worked on the entire entirety of Omega Man with. Um, that is a very fond moment in my mind, especially because um, it seemed as though you know, the stars aligned, if you will, and that I happened to be on, on this radio show and he happened to think, oh, you know, I want to get more into producing and working with artists and I'm just going to reach out to, to EG and, and he mm-hmm. did and I responded and you know, I had a song on deck that I was really looking for the, the, the quote unquote right producer to fit the vibe that I was envisioning. Um, and candidly, he sent me a first pass at it and I was like, yeah, like, you know, kind of like, it's all right. I don't, there are some things about it that I, that I don't love and, and how he handled that was like, cool. Like, let's get on a call and let's like talk about it. And I was like, Whoa, Oh, nice. Like, (laughs) you know, it showed that he was willing to kind of like partner as as a, as a creative with me and really work through it. And I was like, Oh, this, I mean, this guy's awesome. And he is awesome. I'm, I'm so fortunate to, to be friends with him and, and to have worked with him on this. Um, he's incredibly talented and, um, just a great guy. So, uh, that is one moment that sticks out in my mind where it's like, wow, if I, you know, you, you look back and you say, what decisions did I have to make mm-hmm. prior to that moment of us connecting on that radio show in the middle of a pandemic about mm-hmm. three months in, um, what decisions and what, what things had to happen for that circumstance to arise and then for it to mm-hmm. continue to evolve as it did. Um, so that moment definitely sticks out fondly in my mind. I know, um, about, you know, what drives musicians are goals. Like, do you have any long-term goals? You know, how many albums I want to create or this or that? Like, what's your ultimate goal as an artist? My goal as an artist? Hmm. Uh, I have I have short-term goals, mid-term goals, long-term goals. And I think that 
ultimately I want to just keep creating and, um, and be able to live my life. And that sounds so existential or, you know, kind of a little bit like philosophical in a way, but I want to, I want to keep creating and I want to build a community of people that, that connect with resonate, uh, connect with, excuse me, and relate with the music that I'm making. Um, Mm -hmm. and just, have a good time doing it. Right. I, I know that mm-hmm. you're, when you're saying like goals, there is a finite destination. I know it's like, Oh, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, but truly like the experiences that creating music breeds for you. It mm-hmm. is the point of making art in my opinion. Right. Like I said, meeting Chris and being able to work with him and connecting with him mm-hmm. and you know, like it, we, we worked together so much through the pandemic and it was I look back and I'm like, oh my God. And I, I can't believe yeah. that. I'm like, oh, I look back during the pandemic. I know we're on the tail end of it, however you want to phrase it. But I <laughs> yeah. feel so fortunate to have connected with mm-hmm. him and, and to have the, that like that part, that is how I, that is a big definition or, or talking point of my experience through mm-hmm. uh, pandemic. So yeah, um, again, don't have a, a straightforward answer for you there, but um, <laughs> top good. down a finite destination. What was the first release of EG, as you say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first, I, I put out the EG EP. I want to say, well, I would say that Spotify probably says in <laughs> May of 2024. I'm sorry, of 2014. Um, so it, it's been it's been some time since that I've been making music, but uh, in, in a former professional role that I had, I traveled a lot. So um, the consistency of creating was not as accessible. Um, but once the traveling kind of slowed down, I was able to put a bit more uh, intentional focus behind creating. And um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so that's kind of, uh, that's where it started. So where can people find your music? My most active platform is going to be Instagram. It's at EG Music NYC. And um I have a, a link tree on there that'll direct you to all the right places. I have one link that links to all of the key release dates for Omega Man, another that links to my website, egmusicnyc.com. And I have a link for all the streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Music, the works. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my most active. And then you could sign up for my, my newsletter um, to be on my email list. And you can sign up on my website egmusicnyc.com um and yeah those are the best channels and then spotify if you're on spotify we talk so much about it um, <laughs> yeah, type in my yeah. name emily gabriel into the search bar e-m-i-l-y-g-a-b-r-i-e-l-e and um yeah there's a picture that'll come up of me it's me in a in a hat uh look looking down at least in this at this point in time and uh, you could you could and you should listen to talking to strangers you should. That's actually you need to. If you don't unsubscribe to this podcast, I'll lay it down right there. Yeah, come on, listen to talk. <laughs> and uh, shoot me a DM on of your thoughts. I'm I'm very. I'm sure Sean can attest. I'm very responsive to any outreach. So um, yeah, I appreciate yeah. this. I really do. Yeah. Well, Sean, thank you so much for the opportunity. And um, I'm. You know, I, I appreciate you having this platform of, of sensibly cynical to allow the opportunities for artists like myself to just chat about all the hard work that they're putting into their art. So thank you. Yeah, of course. I like it because 
like you said, it gives platforms to people that, you know, that work so hard for them. And I feel like the least I can do is give them a platform on a, uh, you know, random podcast. I love it. (laughs) Sensibly cynical. You have Emily Gabriel here with Sean. Thank you so much. Mm. Um, Follow both Uh, Sensibly Cynical and (laughs) at EG Music NYC on Instagram. You beat me to it. I was just going to say, uh-huh. what, I was going to ask you what your social media handles uh-huh. are. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. So what are your other ones? You got Twitter, all that Snapchat, all that. Uh, yeah. I, like I just, I'm, I'm, um, we'll TikTok. say I'm one I, I am on TikTok. I am on TikTok at EG music NYC. I'm most active on Instagram at mm. EG music NYC. And then once you're on my Instagram, everything, links from there so that's where I, I really like to drive the focus to yeah i'm not a big twitter person but you know there people people follow the podcast on twitter so you know i, I don't hate twitter that much just a little bit it's great for conversations and for right. information and things yeah totally yeah totally. I feel all like right it. well thank you so much thank you sean i, I appreciate, appreciate the this opportunity. um i'll talk to you soon all right adios <laughs> bye, bye. There you go. Another one in the books. Coming up next on the podcast, I am set to be joined by Digi of OnlyDance.TV. It is an amazing Twitch channel. I talked to him about games, all things games, how Twitch has changed the industry, and much more. So this was awesome, as was that, which will be dropped next week. Check us out on Twitter at CynicalSensibly, Instagram, SensiblyCynicalPod, and please check out our Facebook page. Also, we are on WordPress. You can check out the Sensibly Cynical mugs. They're on Bonfire. Everything Sensibly Cynical is on our link tree. Check it out. Instagram bio has it all. All right, everybody, please stay safe and take care.